Quick snap. Breeze. Pass is incomplete. No flag for Tommy Lee Lewis. Mikel Roby Coleman delivered a hit. And the two officials talk to each other. Crowd's going crazy as there's no flag right on the Saints' sideline. Well, if Mikel Roby Coleman plays the ball, it's an interception. It's probably going the other way with it. I mean, the ball's on the other side of Roby Coleman. and But that should have been a penalty. Five protection right just winds up and lets him loose. Now let's watch the play by Pearson here. He's very well covered at this point. Looks like almost intercepted. You see him coming back right there to make the catch. Nate Wright falls down. And uh, Pearson just kind of backs into the end zone right there. And, and uh, Paul Kraft has to jump over top of the right. Oh, man. Two of the most famous non-pass interference calls in the history of football. One of them stings Craig Maddock more than the other, although they both sting. And we got it for one year, and I liked it. And I also liked the idea of an eye in the sky and using all the technology the NFL has with its billions and billions of dollars to just have somebody watch on a big screen somewhere and tell these guys what to call in certain situations. But we're going to have neither. We're going to get back to the old way of the human error. Yay, human error. Sports Talk with Craig and John here on Fox Sports 98.1, AM 1230 and KWSN.com. John Gaskins with Craig Maddock. And we're two hours away from the second installment of Old Guy Trivia, the hottest Newest game show in the Upper Midwest. So popular, it's backed by popular demand today. Craig will have a mystery opponent today. Uh, you're 0-1, and are you feeling lucky today? Feeling good about it? Uh, I woke up on the right side of uh, the bed. Anyway, I wake up on the good side of the bed every day, yeah. so uh, I'm ready. Always ready. Okay. By the way, Nate Wright was pushed. That's why he <laughs> fell. Yeah. That's why he fell. That he was, was pushed I by know. Drew Pearson. That is hilarious instant replay. I guess i got to watch the... Uh, God, we're going to listen to that. Uh, this is 1975, Cowboys, Vikings, NFL playoffs. A divisional I was game, there. right? I was there. You were there. As a, uh, I was in that corner of the end zone yes. where it happened. Yes, and uh, so this is the, they're watching the review of this. The ball is in the air, and this you know the technology wasn't great in 1975. But this is Tom Landry and the Cowboys during the 70s. You know when they uh, won a couple Super Bowls, and the Vikings, of course, made a few Super Bowls. This is a big heartbreaking play for Vikings fans, and basically a hail mary at the end of a game. Up and lets him loose. Now let's watch the play by Pearson here. He's very well covered at this point. Looks like almost intercepted. You see him coming back right there to make the catch. Nate Wright falls down. <laughs> There's a reason why. Really? I was going to say, maybe the camera didn't keep up. It did. You can watch. This is on YouTube, and you watch, and you can you you can see Drew Pearson pushing down Nate Wright. So I don't know these numbskulls watching it back in slow motion in 1975. They must have been looking at, like, three-inch black-and-white screens as their replay monitors <laughs> uh, on the national broadcast because that's deplorable. I mean, you could see the push. But anyway... It wasn't called. The official right there didn't see it. Then a whiskey bottle got thrown that went zipping right by Craig's ear, a young Craig Maddox ear. And uh, who did it hit again, the whiskey bottle? Armin Terzian. Who's Armin Terzian? Well, he was uh, the side judge at that time. Okay. <laughs> and I don't know why he was staying in the end zone when the crowd started 
throwing debris into yeah. the end zone because wow. he didn't like the call. So of course back then there was there was no there was no instant replay to overturn anything in NFL football. And then by the nineties we started to have it. And then last year after that first clip that you heard from the twenty eighteen NFC title of course, uh, one of the Saints got mugged on a, an, on a pass toward the end zone from Drew Brees in regulation, and uh, the Saints had to settle for a field goal, and, uh, and that, was an, I mean, that was egregious. It's one of the worst non-calls ever. And, well, the NFL, the competition committee, decided last year to have a one-year experiment to, for the first time, have subjective calls, like penalties, be reviewed, and they were and uh, guys like Mike Zimmer, who loved to throw the red challenge flag, I mean, it was reviewed a lot. I liked it. I realize most people, most caveman NFL viewers, I don't know if you're one of them, I'm about to hear your opinion, uh, are, 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 think this is a great day to bring back the, the flow of the game and the human element. But it's the NFL. It's by far the most popular, the most lucrative, the most is on the line, the stakes are the highest. Every team gets $9 billion every year. They have technology. Not only should they be reviewing these pass interference calls to get it absolutely right, especially in a game where somebody's trying to go to the Super Bowl, but they should have, a, have an eye in the sky so these officials are not taking forever for the reviews. Just somebody in New York, buzz the guy down, tell him that's pass interference, and get on with it. If anything, they should just make the process better, and instead they're walking it back to the way it was before. I think it's a bad day. What about you? Uh, I'm not surprised, mainly because nobody could come into an agreement how to do it last year. Uh, everybody thought that we'd have instant replay on on pass interference, and that would take the the judgment away uh, from the referees. But you know what? Uh, what found out what we thought was pass interference wasn't, and what wasn't pass interference it was, and it wasn't consistent. And the owners go, huh, "We're just going to go back and let it let it be a judgment call until they can." have a stone-cold yeah. idea of how to handle pass interference. Yeah, uh, so, and they've got all of this time every offseason, not just a coronavirus offseason, to think this over, and yet they're just Did going they to sit Nate this out Wright for Nate Wright about it, what uh, should be <laughs> I mean, pass interference? I mean, uh, Nate Wright would have been a good guy to talk to in reference. Yeah, I mean, you see, and in th- these two famous plays, NFC title in 2018 and that playoff game in Met Stadium in 1975, there is no way those calls would not have been overturned. While some calls are very bang-bang and hard to overturn and there's not enough indisputable evidence, in those cases, I don't think anyone has a doubt those calls would have been overturned. And those were historical results. I believe the Cowboys went on to go to the Super Bowl. The Rams sure did. And it doesn't really matter. They, those calls should have been right. A lot of plays are bang-bang. And let's face it, in sports, when you go to instant replay review, you have that indisputable evidence sort of thing. So it, overturning calls are difficult, and most don't get overturned. Don't have the percentage in front of me right now, but most of us we watch, we understand if it's close, they're not going to overturn it. But when it's obvious like that, when there are muggings, that, that should be reviewed, and I don't understand. 77% of you who are on the side of of taking away this instant replay of pass interference. Why? Because it takes too long. You know what? If that's your favorite... They they couldn't come up with the, the rule. That's what the problem was. I think if we if instant replay was was good and figured out what PI was, 
we'd still have replay, but they could never figure but, it out. But we like, know. But but again, on those calls, when it is obvious, we all know what it is. We don't need exact rules. When Drew Pearson is shoved to the ground, and when that other guy is just mugged without being, you know, I mean, just tackled basically on the pass, we don't need a rule book for that. So well, uh, they should have called pass interference on uh, Kyle Rudolph uh, in the win uh, versus New Orleans. That should have been pass interference. Not according to Troy Aikman, who was analyzing on that play, because what people saw in the hold on, what people saw in the instant replay was he was being pushed before he pushed. That's a double push. That's not a penalty. They got that one right. Well, I'm speaking for the New Orleans Saints, uh, who I feel so sorry for because they've been (laughs) screwed so many times. Um, uh, That should have been PI. There was a PI that the Vikings had. Uh, earlier in the season that should not have been a P.I., and there was that way with every team during the season last year. Uh, referees and those in the booth couldn't come to an agreement how to use replay with the P.I. Yeah, and they should have, and they should use it. That, I mean, that's where I come out on it. I understand what you're saying, but I think they should still use it. Figure it out, and again, if it's obvious, you don't need the rule book. It's there, and it decides some games, and I don't buy the whole, oh, there's uh, there's 150 other plays in those games. Baloney. The, the NFL games are close. It's a parody-stricken league. Most are come down to within a touchdown. And, yeah, there's a lot of betting money on the line as well. There's a lot on the line, and especially in a play- at the very least have this thing in playoff games where so- where it's a game of inches, and it comes down to-, to things like this, and it should be reviewed because they should get it right. 3-3-6-12-30. What are we missing here? 3-3-6-12-30. If your complaint is that it takes too long, I'm just talking about the fans now. I understand where you're coming from, Craig, with the murkiness of the rule. But when it comes to fans, I think the reason why a lot of fans are going to be glad that going back to not reviewing pass interference calls is the complaint that it takes too long and i say time is not time is not what you're seeing or feeling on the stopwatch it is it is what you are seeing go by baseball does take a lot longer the games do in real time but you know what takes you know why they feel like they are slow and boring is because it just takes so long between pitches and also there aren't very many runners on the base pads it's a strikeout and home run league there's not a lot of motion there's not a lot of bunting and moving guys along and singles and doubles and stealing bases and there's not a lot of action and it feels slow nfl games still mostly feel fast there's a play clock and and on, on reviews, especially, especially on these physical reviews, like a pass interference penalty, I've, I've never, I, I just rarely ever sit there and go, ugh, ugh, let's get the game going. Go. Like, you, like, like most NFL fans have anywhere important to be on a Sunday afternoon. You're watching your team. If it's your team or if it's, if it's your team or you have money on the line and you bet or it's, it, it involves your fantasy football players, you have something at stake, you're into it, and you're watching the review, and you're damn well hoping, especially if you think you got robbed, that that play gets overturned, and you're watching the instant replay. And the instant replay is drama, because they have great technology. It goes frame by frame by frame, and it's fun sometimes to listen to the announcers argue if that should be overturned or that shouldn't be overturned. That's extra drama. To me, that's not slowing anything down or making anything more boring or tedious. To me, that's drama, and I just didn't mind it. But once again, Again, I am in a minority here, but I'd love to hear from you. Last call for this topic, 336-1230, 336-1230. Again, the competition committee of the NFL has decided to not endorse a, a renewal of replay review for pass interference, and owners usually follow the committee's recommendations. 
rarely approved proposals submitted by individual teams. So if the competition committee says, nope, we don't want to review instant replay, uh, we don't want instant replay review for PI anymore, then it's probably not going to happen. So it's not official, but the first step toward going back to where it was, where a guy can mug somebody, and if an official is right there, is an idiot, or, I don't know, has money on the game or something, uh, then they can just make a bad call, and uh, we're just going to have to live with it, because human error, whoopsie-daisy. Well, that, won't, that won't happen with uh, Kansas City. They'll uh, they'll give uh, Patrick Mahomes all of uh, exactly. all the love in the world. So, exactly, uh, yeah. You don't have to worry about that. So few Kansas City games come I down I don't think the time issue is the biggest uh, thing. I don't think people were mad because it took too long. I think people were upset because they, did, they didn't... They didn't rule the way that most people thought they would rule. And so there was just so much confusion. Uh, I don't think it was more of, uh, oh, man, this is taking too long. Okay. I don't know. That's, that's what, a lot of NFL fans love to complain about things taking too long. Uh, again, as if well, anybody has any better place. to worry about it. Patrick <laughs> Mahomes won't have to worry about it. What do you mean they won't have to worry about it? They won't. They, if their receivers get mugged and no, nothing is called, they, they will have to worry about it and live with oh, it. Oh, they'll be watching much more close uh, to those uh, to those two big time quarterbacks. Oh, or what now? What's what's your joke here? If you're trying to tell a joke, I need to get it before I know if it's funny. Well, I'm or just not. telling you that uh, Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers will always get uh, the right call. Oh, okay. Oh yeah, I always get. The right call. Yeah. All right. Um, the other thing, I just want to get to the eye in the sky thing. Are, are you for the eye in the sky? I am. I don't know why anybody wouldn't be for the eye in the sky. I'm not. I, I, oh, you mean the, 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 the guy in the booth, the, whoever is in the booth, not necessarily the, the camera that they have on the t- Right. Yes, a person. And I'm talking about somebody in New York hired by yeah, the I NFL. Rather, yes, I, I like that. I think uh, it's what they should be doing more of. Um, yeah. But for some reason... They got to get some sort of uh, nailed down rule that that's going to work, and unfortunately, the last PI rule just didn't work. Uh, but yeah, we're separate of the PI rule. I'm just talking about an eye in the sky that can that can overturn but, any call. Well, I, I don't know. Oof. Absolutely. Holding. Why these guys? These Holding guys, face mask? No, 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 no. Any call that can be reviewed. Any call that can be reviewed, they can overturn a call. Have an official sit there, giant screen, can see something a lot better than these officials at angle. Uh, Turnovers, uh, possession, uh, scoring. Uh, I'm okay with that. But I'm not in it for, uh, hey, oh, if we didn't get this holding call, and that will negate a 10-yard. No, I'm talking about things that can be reviewed right now. Right. So, uh, but they're apparently not going to have that. Uh, This is is from Kevin. P.I. anyway. This is Kevin Seifert of, of ESPN. Uh, he says many coaches prefer, prefer a version of the Sky Judge, a concept used in the uh, defunct AAF. And uh, the Ravens and Chargers proposed two ideas. One is a booth umpire who would serve as an eighth member of the officiating crew with the ability to communicate with the rest of the crew from a vantage point in the press box. The other, a senior technology assistant to the referee. Oh, that sounds like a good title. The star, we call him the star, as it is referred to in the proposal, would have access to video equipment and the authority to consult with officials in a limited number of situations. I think those guys should play God. I really do. There should be one official hired for every game and just buzz right on down to that official and say, you got, you, you, you know, and maybe it's only on reviews, you know, but I, yeah, probably only on reviews. Um, you know, but I, yes, I, I'm the same person who says, I, I'm not going to, don't take an, an umpire from behind home plate. But yeah, I like those minor league uh, ideas 
that were being implemented, I think it was the Mid-Atlantic League this past summer, where, yes, there was a consistent strike zone for every single batter and basically a computer deciding what's a strike or not instead of the human. Big fan. I'm a big fan of that. I know most people aren't. They, they like these subjective strike zones and bitching and moaning and arguing all the time about if things were a strike or not and having to adjust to an umpire's strike zone during a game. Come on. Let's, you know, let's get it right. It's the 21st century. Anyway, fired up on a Friday here on Craig and John. One um, other note. Uh, headline from the world of sports today. And Gene Smith has had a turbulent career as an athletic director at Ohio State. Uh, he's, he's the guy that fired Jim Tressel after the tattoo scandal. He's the guy that has presided over Urban Meyer through the domestic abuse uh, failure to report domestic abuse thing for Urban Meyer. He's still there. He's still kicking. And Gene Smith said he knows the resumption of college sporting events in venues without fans is an option amidst this coronavirus pandemic, but he doesn't see how it would ensure the safety of those on the field or court. Yes. Thank you, Gene. Smith said Friday that he needs more information from experts on how holding sporting events in empty stadiums or arenas would ensure the health of the, you know, people playing the game that a bunch of other people are making money off of. If they're amateurs, why are we carting them out there? The NCAA canceled all spring events because of the outbreak, and no decisions have been made on fall sports. Here's the quote from Gene Smith. Quote, I struggle with that concept. When I first heard that, I said, okay, that could work. But I figured if we don't have fans in the stands, we've determined that it's not safe for them in a gathering environment. So why would it be safe for the players? Unquote. And by the way, I'll add to Gene Smith, the players who are ramming into each other, pushing each other, sweating all over each other, tackling. Why would we let them go out there? That's the same thing for basketball. I hated the empty arena basketball thing, too, when there's sweat everywhere. And there was an official in the Colonial Athletic Association tournament who had coronavirus. And he's just, you know, touching the ball, touching the players. ball. So uh, it's, it's not the first time somebody has said this, but it's a powerful official who says this, who might have some sort of say in the matter. And I'm with Gene Smith. Not only do I think our empty stadiums are a bad idea for the fans and the game in general, I'm in a minority. Most of you just want to watch. You don't care if there are fans. But I also, I also say there's not much logic to deeming it safe for the participating athletes who are much closer to each other than it is for the people in the stands sitting next to each other. Well, okay, I got a question. So you actually believe that players will not be tested, but the fans will not be allowed in. So you actually believe that the leagues will go ahead and not test their players? Of course they're all going to get tested. Oh, whoever doesn't think, whoever thinks that is... I never said they were. Again, is, is that wasn't way a, that, that hasn't been a part of the dis- out in left field. Yeah, that, that hasn't so been a part of the discussion Smith yet. Smith to say, well, if, if uh, no fans were in there, then why aren't we testing them? They're going to test the players. It's going to be fine. They will be testing them. How it gets done, we still don't know. But the idea that fans won't be let in, but we're not, we're not going to test the players, that is an idiotic thought, and that will never happen. Gene didn't say they're not testing the players. I didn't say they're not testing the players. 
No one's no, no one said they're not going to test the players. The safety of the players will be there, too. Uh, here's more from Gene Smith. As Ohio State announced last week, all summer classes would move online, so nobody's going to school and being around each other all summer. And as we know, most fall football starts in August with the camps. Uh, quote, you have 100 football players. It's hard to social distance in the locker room or training room. We have to get to a place where it's okay for the group dynamics to occur. I have to rely on experts. I have to rely on the experts on that because we cannot put our kids at risk. By the way, the NCAA on Friday announced that it has established internal COVID-19 playing and practice sessions working group, which will focus on football and communicate with the football oversight committees for Division 1, 2, and 3. Smith said any decisions about when football teams reassemble and the 2020 season must be made nationally with all FBS conferences, although he acknowledged that key decisions and directives are necessary at some point. I mean, yeah, all these coaches all across the country are confused if they're, they might have a football season or not. But again, it could start with the presidents of schools. If, you, if your school isn't in session, then you can't have athletics. I, 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 as far as I know, correct me if I'm wrong, that's the understanding here. That's what we're doing in high school, and that's what they're doing in college. So if it's not safe for kids and students to go back to campus. I know they're called student athletes, and people joke about that, but these are also students. And if the schools say you can't go to classes then why should they go to the locker rooms? And by the way, and we'll wrap this up because we should, why are football players that so much more special that they deserve to get tested and no other students, the other 45,000, in Ohio State's case, the other 45,000 students on that campus aren't tested because they're making money for the school? Are they making money for the school if these games aren't TV and nobody's in the stands? Pretty uh, ridiculous because... Why is it ridiculous? Why are they so special? Why do they deserve to get tested? The country is on a forward movement where everyone is going to get tested. It takes time to come up with 350 million tests. We're on that way. It's going to work down the road where everyone's going to get a test. It's going to take some time. Uh, Wouldn't surprise me down the road that everyone's going to have a card uh, if you've been tested that you can show that you can get in wherever it's work or play or whatever. But it takes time to make 350 million tests, and I think we're going to be on that way down the road. I sure hope we are. And we'll just finish it with we don't know. We're getting close. We're getting close. And we're hopeful. And then uh, this will all just be a big fart in the wind from Gene Smith from Ohio State. On a Friday, it is Sports Talk with Craig and John. Uh, We need some levity. The weekend needs to start early. Let's have a virtual happy hour with our pal Mike Henriksen. And we'll ask him our question of the day yesterday. A piece of sports memorabilia he would love to have, serious or humorous. Next on Fox Sports 98.1, AM 1230, KWSN.com, and our Husker Spring Fling in Lincoln. Sam McEwen covers college football closely. He'll have thoughts on what we just talked about at 420. Can't hear the show on the radio? No problem. We're always live at KWSN.com and on the free, easy-to-download KWSN mobile app.